here is the second installment of Hold What's Confidential for the third full week of September. I believe it's 2005 for the majority of those listening. Is that the correct date? Magic does odd things to technology, as you probably already know. Um, through the emails and comments I've received since the first installment, I now know that my attempt at taking over a podcast has been marginally successful and that the voice of truth will finally reach the audience that needs it. Thanks to all who have taken the time to send along their ideas, I'm afraid I can't say any more about my identity as the last installment did arouse the suspicions of the ministry. I think I've managed to put them off track with some swift diversions into the podcasting realms. Once the department heads became distracted by a muggle podcast called Earthcore. I managed to remove this show's feed from their wizarding wireless pod trapper. It's really fantastic, the sort of stuff the ministry gets up to in order to keep track of the muggles. I, th I think I might have said too much right then. <laughs> Let's get on with the rest of this. I've been asked through email to give my thoughts about the allegiance of one Professor Severus Snape. So, here is case the second, the question of Professor Severus Snape. After the events of Harry Potter's sixth year at Hogwarts, chronicled by his biographer, J.K. Rowling, in that highly fictionalized account entitled The Half-Blood Prince, doesn't it seem as if he's already chosen sides? He murdered Dumbledore. This wasn't a spur-of-the-moment event. The killing curse, as with any of the the unforgivables must take into account the intent of the spellcaster. In other words, this was no accident. Dumbledore was killed deliberately, and then Snape ran away. He disappeared before he could be brought to justice. Doesn't that mean anything to you? Not only did he take the life of our headmaster, he kidnapped a student as well, one Draco Malfoy from Slytherin. Everyone knows Malfoy's always been Snape's favorite, there's no denying that. There's also no denying that Draco Malfoy's father, Lucius Malfoy, has been a loyal follower of you-know-who since the First War. It's all in the Daily Prophet. I think it's quite obvious where Snape's loyalties lie, and it's not with those at Hogwarts, or Harry Potter, or even the Ministry. His loyalty is ultimately on the side of those who wish to kill, torture, or otherwise get rid of those who are different those who don't fit with the profile of the perfect, pure-blood wizard. It doesn't matter that Snape's a half-blood himself, so as you know who. There's no question that Snape has had a consistent habit of abusing those he considers unworthy, unless they're in Slytherin, in which case he coddles them. Take the case of poor Neville Longbottom, who's done nothing to trigger Snape's anger, and yet he's received the bulk of this professor's mistreatment. This has caused a never-ending cycle of misplaced doubt in the boy. At least, with Snape's disappearance, he won't ever have to see the professor at Hogwarts again, but that still doesn't erase the years of bullying. It's a wonder why Snape was left in a position of power at the school for so long, and I must admit, this decision is one which makes me question Professor Dumbledore's mind. But don't think for a moment that this opinion will dampen my loyalties to Professor Dumbledore in any way. My side is Hogwarts' side, always went a little bit off there. Mm, sorry about that. Um, it, I suppose that's all for this week. I'll return next week with another foray into the hidden truths behind the books. 
As always, I quite look forward to your feedback. I'm Nearly Magic, and this has been Hogwarts Confidential. Send off your emails to nearlymagic at gmail.com or visit the website at podcast.blogspot.com. And finally, on addendum, I like sherbet lemons. <laughs>